This is Steve Lowe, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Sarosky here with the Tomahawk Roundup. And I'm joined by the president of hockey operations for my alma mater internship program, the Muskegon Lumberjacks, Steve Lowe. Steve, how are you tonight? Good, Frank. How are you? Good. Really excited to have you on. So before you got into managing hockey, you had your own little run in juniors, albeit north of the border for us Americans in the OHL. During your uh, couple seasons in Ontario, you were a part of five different teams. Describe the mental challenges that come with switching so many times. You know, I, I don't think it was so much uh, the mental challenges. Uh, it was more so the fact that I was a pretty immature uh, teenage kid and didn't really understand where I was and didn't really know how to handle the pressure. And I think that was more so um, just, you know, just my upbringing a little bit. And uh, no fault to my parents, but I just don't think I was ready for that world. And I was a pretty good hockey player, but mentally and socially, I, I just wasn't uh, probably a good fit. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. A, a lot of kids mature at different rates. You know, I know friends who are still maturing at 23 and other friends who are 16, 17 or, and are out in Kitchener playing. So don't feel bad about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a great, 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 uh, great experience. I was able to uh, capture my schooling. They paid for my schooling. So I've got no ill will towards the Ontario Hockey League, but I just... You know, that's why I think I do what I do in the USHL. I, I love it. I'm very passionate. and uh, I think it's a little bit of personal experience. And I just think the path that our league presents for maturity, responsibility, work ethic, and uh, the ability to understand, you know, processes in life and what it takes to be successful. And I just think our, our league and our system and the college system is so much more ready for most, I'd say, 95% of the hockey world. And that's so important because it's you're not just developing the skill on the ice, you're developing a person holistically. And if a league can't do that, then they're not producing the best quality of player, regardless of where you are. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. If you take it a step further, you think about, you know, you know, the Ontario Hockey League is a great league uh, as a hockey uh, development league. But they live, those, those kids live with billet families like our kids do now. Um, and then essentially then they go and play pro at 19 and 20 years old. Most of those kids don't know how to pay a consumer's energy bill. They don't know how to do their own laundry. Um, and so when you get into that world or that uh, reality world of professionalism, you know, I, I just think it's a really different, different process and a different, you know, learning curve. Um, and some kids can handle it. Some kids can't. And that's why I love, kind of the path with the USHL, just how kids can develop slowly and be ready for real-world experience if they ever do turn uh, a professional hockey player. Yeah, shifting to that professional world, Steve, you know, you played professional for a couple years, you know, what were some of the differences between the old United Hockey League and the ECHL from your time playing professionally? Well, great Crystal, you know, the, the, (laughs) you know, when, when I, left school and was almost got my, I had my degree, I finished online, but um, you know, it was more so the UHL, I, I, you know, I, I know it's defunct, had a lot of players under the table, <laughs> so it, uh, a lot of players ended up in that league, and I was fortunate to be one of those players where it said I was making X, but I was actually making Y, uh, you know, I did an envelope every, 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 uh, every week, so 
you know, the East Coast Hockey League was a little bit more obviously regulated because it was under the NHLPA and you know, the PA in our union. Um, and so that's a little bit of that why I chose uh, so much probably the uh, UHL because um, I knew at that point I was making the NHL and it was all about uh, how much, you know, pay, obviously. Yeah, and that's and that's important. You know, we've seen that with the the new documentary that came out about the Danbury Trashers with the UHL. I mean, we're going to have some surprises later uh, at the time of this release. You know, we've had our interview with AJ Galante, uh, former general manager of the Trashers, and I think after watching the documentary, you hit the nail on the head. You know, these are guys. You know, no offense to those guys, but they're not making the NHL. So it's what can I do with my hockey career and how can I maximize it financially? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, you're only on a year-by-year year contract. I was fortunate in my last two years that uh, I was on a two-year deal with uh, the, in the East Coast that they signed me to. I was very fortunate that my old, I, I played for Robert Dirk, I think, every year in my career, and I followed him around except for maybe two. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, he, he treated me well, and, and it really was about, you know, how much we can get paid and um, because it was a year-by-year year decision, most guys. Yeah, I mean, shifting away from your professional career now, Steve, you know, how did you start out in the hockey operations department? You know, it's a funny story. Uh, so uh, Steve Pops, who was the head coach in the Chicago Steel, I started my uh, my business that uh, I, I do for a daily uh, job uh, still today. And Steve, Steve, uh, I got to know him. I was running a youth organization out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I got to know him because they, they drafted a couple of our players, and he asked me if I wanted, and I knew him from my pro days, and he just asked me if I wanted to get involved, and, you know, and obviously once you get hockey in the blood, it's, it's there, and so I started getting involved a little bit uh, with the Chicago Steel, and then it turned into, hey, do you want to be the director of player personnel, and I was like, well, I'm trying to start this business, and, and he was gracious not to say, hey, I'll pay your mortgage, and uh, he did, and, and at that point in time, uh, I didn't have a lot of money, and I had a babe girl, and so I, you know, I started working two jobs, and basically to put food on her table, and to try to help, you know, uh, my family survive. And so, you know, I did that for a couple of years in the steel organization. We made playoffs, um, and uh, the first time they made playoffs like in ten years or something. And then I actually did resign, um, and how I got. It, to a, a kind of a probably bigger role was with the Tri-City Storm and I had to hand to Josh Mervis who owned the Muskegon Lumberjacks back in the day recommended to Kirk. Kirk was struggling uh, with his program and Kirk called me and he probably you know was one of the few men I could say that helped change my life to where I am financially today and he treated me like a son and I was very loyal to him for so many years um and then when he eventually sold the team, that's how I ended up in Muskegon because the two gentlemen that own the team, I'm very loyal to, too, as well. They're, they're, they're I guess, my bosses, but not really. They're my teammates, and, uh, you know, they're, they're very good family friends, and we're all very good friends. So um, they let me run the Muskegon Lumberjacks how I see fit. And that, and, that, and that way of looking at it, not so much as a boss, but you're all in this for one goal. You're in it for the Clark Cup, and you're in it to make a great junior team. And it sounds like you've had quite a journey through that process. Yeah, you know, it's funny, you, Frank, you, you say, you know, everyone wants to win the Clark Cup. Everyone wants to win the Anderson Cup. And I've had the privilege of doing that a couple of times. 
you know, and what I—it's great. Listen, I—I I, I wouldn't trade any of the experiences. Obviously, that's the ultimate goal. But you know, I—I've since I've come to Muskegon and I did the same thing in Tri City. I've pounded it like, hey, we want to be known for the how we develop people and how we develop hockey players. If we do a good job at that, everything else takes care of itself, and. That's, that's what we're in it for, and that's what I do it for. That's what I do it for my kids, to give them the right advice, even how hard it is, um, because I want all our players and, and, uh, um, and individuals in our organization to succeed. You know, Patrick Dooley moved on to Vermont, um, and that's our goal. And my goal is to move our coaches on, uh, you know, and that's, that's our platform. And, and it, it's almost like a springboard to wherever they see fit to go next. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's what our model is, and you can't be selfish enough as an individual. Your job is to make people better and move them on, just like Scott Bradford did for you. Gave you the opportunity to call a game, your first experience game, and you know I remember talking to Scott about it. Yes, and I said, yeah, absolutely. And, and but that's how people learn, right? You got to put them in an environment, um, let them figure it out, and give them give them give them the opportunity to succeed. Yeah, and I and I will be forever grateful to Scott and the entire Lumberjacks organization for taking a kid who was a freshman in college and didn't know a lot and turning him into somebody who who knew a lot more when he went out than he when he came in. There you go, buddy. Yeah, so you know, during the 2020-21 season, the Lumberjacks acquired Kyle Acoin from your old Tri City Storm. Yeah. What drew you to bring him, quote, back to your team, and how did you see him progressing into the professional game? Well, first and foremost, Kyle is uh, what drew me to it and will always draw me to him, even if I move on um, to some of these NHL jobs that have been offered. But I, I don't see that in my future by any means. But you never know. Um, Kyle's an unbelievable person. That, that's that's what I would where I would start. He he is an unbelievable kid, uh, not a kid, a young man now, and uh, I've watched him grown. And you know, he's the type of person that worries about his teammates versus worrying about himself. And so, you know, fr- from that standpoint, that that's what you want. That's the, that's the starting basis point. And and then from there, his work ethic's impeccable. His skating is is one of the best I've seen around. And so where does he turn into the pro level? You know, I don't know. You know, he's got to, he's got to get his hands better. He knows that. Um, and, but his, his awareness, of the game, his ability to move a puck, you know, those are, that's the new game today. And so do I see him playing? Absolutely. I do. Um, just because of how he will will himself, um, because he's such a fierce competitor as an individual, too. Um, Adrian Adrian and his, and his wife uh, did a remarkable job raising that young man. Yeah, and we all know from Chicago, Adrian Nacoyne, his time with the Blackhawks. So that's that's a real that's a real testament to not only Kyle's character, but the whole family, because I believe hockey families are the most complete family in all of sports. You know, when you look at some sports, you know, you don't need a lot to do the sport. You know, you need to get up on your own. You need to go to X or go to Y. But with the hockey family, you need someone to drive you to the rink at 4.30 in the morning or go, yeah. go and help set up those tournament dates or find the billet families or meet with advisors. Yeah, it, it, you said it. You know, I say the hockey community's got to pull pull things together. They all come together, and, it, and it's a very small. As as you get up, 
in higher ranks. It's a very small community, and you know the the, the, the good people always last. I think I'm very fortunate. I've been in the USHL. I got I think 16, 17 years, and uh, you know I think there's only been a couple individuals that have lasted that long. You know, PK Fukushima uh, Waterloo. He just moved on to Philadelphia Flyers at his own choosing. PK O'Hanley retired. Mark Carlson. So. You know, I think I'm in pretty good company. Uh, with yeah. The, the USHL longevity. Yeah, and that's and that longevity. You know, because you're you're almost creaming the crop, if you will. You're like, okay, I'm going to take my experience in the pro game. I'm going to take my experience in juniors, like you talked about earlier. How do I use my lessons in my life and better the people around me? Yeah, absolutely. That's completely what it's about. And you know, I think if we just keep that statement as an organization and in again our that's my mandate anything of my coaches my I like talk to our players how we talk to our parents it's again you, you know my position is tough because that's a trait on good kids like I just did with Thomas St. Clair the other day and it's not something I want to do or ever feel great about doing it's just the process and the where we're at and then unfortunately we had to make a roster move and we had too many imports and he was just felt um fell victim to that yeah steve before we head out tonight is there anything else you want to add for our listeners around the u.s canada beyond no man i'd love to you know no no that's not unless you want to ask anything man no No, Steve Lowe, President of Hockey Operations for the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Steve, thank you so much for the time. No problem, Frank. Anytime, man.